Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 18 of the Raider Power Podcast. I'm Ryan, and with me as always is my man Moss and our boy Evan. How are we doing today, fellas? You know, I like how you open it up saying always, because I am always here for this. I am doing well, <laughs> Ryan. Evan, how are you doing, man? my man? I'm doing well, doing well. Ryan, it's, it's damn good to have you back. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a nice vacation, a little sabbatical of uh, mainly doing my real job. But it's good to be back, fellas. <laughs> How was Florida? Florida was nice, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I got to, the to see the family. Yeah, I did uh, go to the Florida office oh, uh, yeah. down there on the Gulf Coast. It was, uh, it was a good trip. I didn't know the office was on the boat. The office <laughs> is wherever I am, Chris. With four Hemis. <laughs> it might be a little loud <laughs> for some phone calls. Yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I did take a little bit of a real vacation too, but it is good to be back on the podcast talking Texas Tech. We're full swing. Conference play is upon us, and the Red Raiders are looking great. Yeah, I mean it's not upon us; it's we're we're in it. We started it. We are uh, that mean, We jackass. are we are one and zero in conference play with an unbelievable opener, sold out crowd at the United Spirits Arena against Oklahoma State. Evan, give me your first impressions of that game. Yeah, man, I was I was fortunate enough to be back in, in West Texas, as you know. Uh, kind of stayed, had a little extended stay in Lubbock and got to go to the, the Big 12 opener. And, um, man, I cannot say enough positives about this game. Everything from crowd energy to the way that our coaching staff um, showed up and coached an incredible game to the way our guys played, it was a absolutely – um, just dominant game, you know, because even though you finish the first half and you're only up six, uh, statistically, we were playing incredible even in that first half, you know. Um, people say that it was an immaculate second half, and I agree, but I don't want to take away from the fact that I thought we played a really complete game in the first half as well. So I thought that this was one of the better games I've seen our guys play this year. Um, one of the better halves, especially the second half, uh, that I've seen even under the Chris Beard tenure, I thought that we played a near-perfect game in the second half. Uh, I I was really, really excited with how we played, and and it it gave me a lot of positivity moving forward. You know, I know you went to the game, but guess what didn't make it? Your gallbladder. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. I showed up to the game gallbladderless. That's true. Evan is such a massive fan of Texas Tech. That, you know, I told him that his gallbladder was might have been bad luck. And you know what he did? He just got it taken out. Yep, that's right. Just you know, what, the you know what they call that Six uh, man. Around, where I'm from, Chris? You know what they call that? What? A hero. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Some Not all heroes capes. wear capes, Ryan. Not yeah. All. yeah, you just wear a hospital dress. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he Everyone could turn, was sitting. He could turn it hospital gown and all in the front row. Hospital gown, that's what I meant to say. You got to turn it around backwards. Hospital dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I thought it was a great game. Uh, I'm excited to dive into it a little bit, but you know, let's kick it right off. What did you guys see that you liked? What did you see that you thought we could have done better? Um, I think there's a lot more to talk about on the former, but certainly want to hit on what yep. we can improve upon. But kind of first thoughts, what you got? Well, the the first thing I'd like to say is something I love to see was TJ Holyfield only getting two fouls in this game. Mm -hmm. And that resulted in him playing a bunch of minutes, having 17 points, seven rebounds, MVP of the game. I mean, he played lights out, shot the ball unreal, 
I mean, it was just great having him on the court for as much as we needed him. Yeah, I mean, we could see that he's he's elite when he stays in the game and actually can make an impact. Um, that was great to see, and he was you know a key that we're going to need to move forward for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the other thing I loved was how how spread out the scoring was. Like, yeah, you know, finally. everybody was scoring. Uh, I mean, we had four people in double digits. Uh, that that's awesome to see. Whenever you have four people in double digits in a college game, like you're gonna have a good chance. On top of that, people were shooting the ball great. Um, granted, Kyler wasn't great from three, but otherwise, everyone else. I mean, taking smart shots, hitting just about everything. Uh, I mean, I love to see that. For sure. You know, I, I really liked, uh, I can't echo that sentiment enough, Holyfield coming in. We haven't seen him play uh, a, a fantastic game. We've seen him play good, but we haven't seen him play fantastic since really the first two games of the season. So um, not only did he shoot the ball great, uh, he was smart on the defensive side of the ball. He was making plays. He was he was an electric player in the game. Uh, definitely going to be key moving forward we need him to continue to contribute but the biggest uh positive in in my mind you know oklahoma state is is a great defensive team and we had just absolutely perfect um ball security you know Mm -hmm. we had we finished with nine turnovers and and most of those came late kind of when we were running all of our second string guys if you will in and dive into that further Davide Moretti, I've been critical of him with ball security. You know, he's our he's our point man, and he needs to be the leader on that front. And he had zero turnovers this game. You know, I thought that we played uh, a great game as far as protecting the ball on the on the offensive side. Even with running a a, a fast paced motion offense, we were really smart with how we were dishing the ball around. Yeah, Evan, totally. That I that was very well put. Uh, for me, the biggest. Pro, I mean, the, the best thing that I saw from this game was I was actually really nervous about whether or not our freshman talent would uh, be able to contribute once Big 12 play started um, and continue to contribute just due to the fact that Big 12 play is just so aggressive. Um, we had, you know, the announcers were really talking about how this is a this was going to be a man's game. This is going to be just out toughing the other team. And neither Ramsey nor Shannon backed down in any way. I mean, they both really shined in this in this one. Uh, Ramsey contributing for 20% of the points, 18 points, 2 for 4 uh, from 2, and 4 from 7 from 3. And Shannon was just a beast all over the court, diving for loose balls, you know, out-toughing the opponent. So I think that was the biggest thing that I needed to see from this team was how were they going to translate into Big 12 play when you're playing against. That was a senior-led team, Oklahoma right. State. Those guys have been playing Big 12 basketball for together even for three years. So for us to go in there and out-tough them, out-compete them, and like you said, not turn over the ball very much, um, just showed that Texas Tech is going to be a force to reckon with in Big 12 and once March Madness comes around because these guys are going to be seasoned, they're going to be tough, they're going to be aggressive, just like Chris Beard wants in every single one of his basketball teams. Yeah, and and just like you guys were just saying with the assists and the turnovers, that is something I also loved, seeing them play smart, play tough, you know, not really not turning the ball over like you were saying, Evan, with Moretti, zero turnovers to five assists. 
And just to throw out a couple of stats, the team had 20 assists and uh, nine turnovers, so they doubled up, which is always a great sign. And on top of that, you know, the team is also top 10 in the country in assists per possession, which is just awesome to see with them spraying the ball like that. And this, the turnover percentage of this game was 13, which is right there with the top in the country. So, I mean, yeah, that's just no great doubt. to see them playing smart in, like you said, Chris, a physical Big 12 game against a team that has three senior starters yeah. that are all pretty fucking good. I mean, Lindy Waters can take over a game. We've seen them do like it. Like we saw and last year. Yeah, I was yeah. really nervous, actually, about Waters and the other guy, Dizwaga, um, because they were both lighting it up from three last game, and I thought they might have gotten a little comfortable at the USA. Nope. Not at all. Yep. We shut him down. We saw a little bit of light from Lindy Waters, and uh, shout out to him. I think he's a spectacular ball player, but um, he, him alone, he could not get that done for that team. I mean, yeah, this no is point. a pro Lindy Waters podcast for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are good points, gentlemen. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Our, our freshman play, uh, no surprise there with Jemias Ramsey again showing up and just being the leader of the team uh, from a scoring standpoint. He's done it all year long. Um, but I was impressed with Shannon. You know, he picked up three fouls early and then he played very, very intelligent. We saw him with a monster second half. I want to say that, you know, two of, I I think he had two points in the first half and then he came out in the second half, uh, was still aggressive on the offensive side of the ball, intelligently. So, and then defensively, you're exactly right. He was aggressive. He was diving on the floor, but he was being smart about it. So, uh, one of the things that you always got to keep. Uh, your mind on whenever you're thinking about these freshmen is that, you know, they're going to make freshman mistakes. Well, he looked, he looked like he had been playing in the big 12 for a couple years because whenever he made those mistakes early, picked up some unnecessary fouls, he played very smart the rest of the game. Yeah. And that was, that was a big pro for me to see for sure. Yeah. It's scaring me actually how well both Ramsey and Shannon are playing um, early out of the gate. Uh, I really, really want them to stick around for another year. But, I mean, they're hey, starting man. to look like pro prospects real This early. is what happens when you start getting really high-rated recruits. Yeah. When you start getting these, you know, four- and five-star players that are in this ESPN Top 100, you know, if they play up to their potential, which we know Beard can get out of them, that's a lot of times when they're going to leave, which it's tough to see. But, I mean, if they can keep the recruiting going and keep making people be – uh you know, lottery picks, we're going to get more and more of these top recruits as we've seen with income class. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ryan. And, you know, uh, one more thing I want to hit on as far as kind of big positives for me, and, and I talked about it earlier, was the crowd energy. Yeah. So, so being at that game, I don't, I don't know how well you could tell on TV, but it was it was pretty crazy. You'd, you'd see the whole stadium kind of sitting down at a – not even like a, a crucial point in the ball game, but just a point where Chris Beard wanted some more energy. And he got on the floor. He was kind of looking around at everybody, raising his hands, pumping his hands up, trying to get the crowd into it. And every time he did it, the entire arena were on their feet, without question. Oh, and he yeah. did it he did it seven, eight times throughout the ball game. And and, and every time he called for it, the entire USA was on their feet, which was awesome you, to see. You you gotta love that. You don't see that out of a head coach. Like that is awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He, I he, mean, I mean, they're calling timeouts, you know, 
and, and he's out there, even on a timeout, he's like in the middle of the court, raising his hands, pumping his fists, like screaming, you know? It's Electric. just awesome to see his energy. He conducts the USA like it's a 12-string orchestra, for sure. It, he has complete control over that arena. Even in the non-conference games that I got to, he he was doing the same thing. Anytime that he feels there's a little bit of a low in energy, he gets right up and he starts going nuts. He's yeah. a conductor, baby. Yeah, the conductor. Sure is. <laughs> you guys, you guys have any other kind of major positives you want to hit on? Because if not, I think maybe we just touch on a little things that that you saw that we could do better. Yeah, I uh, mean, probably the biggest, one, one of the one other biggest thing for me was the fact that once we put our foot down on the gas pedal, we didn't let off at all. Um, as soon as we started to get a little bit of a break, a breakaway in the score in the second half, uh, it was over for Oklahoma State with like 15 minutes left even. Uh, our defense just did not stop for one second. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Defense, only letting up 50 points. Uh I mean, that's incredible. That's just great stuff. You're going to win just about every single game if you hold the team to 50 points. I mean, yeah, our football no, no team doubt. barely holds people to 50 points. hey What up? Shout out, Matt Wells. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there weren't a lot from this game, uh, criticism-wise, but a couple that I saw, and, and mostly in the first half, was on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the first being kind of our quickness whenever we would switch on the screen. You know, we saw Lindy Waters and some outside shooters get hot early because whenever we were switching up top, we just weren't really closing out on the ball quick enough. And I think that we made those adjustments really well in the second half, and I think that the shooting percentage really shows that. But um, the other one that we've seen be a problem in other games, to me, is, you know, we don't have the we don't have the biggest guy at the five slot, you know, at our center. Um, we, we just don't have a Tariq Owens this year. And so what was working well for Oklahoma State early was running a screen at the top of the key with their big man. We, we, we use our traditional, you know, no middle offense and we switch screens and we'd get matched up with a smaller guy on, on their big man and they would dish it inside and then they would have the mismatch. And you know, that's going to happen for sure, uh, but it was happening too frequent in the first half, I think. And I think that Chris Beard made those adjustments. But from what I saw defensively, those were the two main things um, throughout the game, really in the first half, that, that we were struggling with. And I think that as soon as we made those adjustments that we came out on top, we saw something similar in the Louisville game. They were yeah. they were doing the same thing, the, the, the high-key screen with their big man getting matched up on one of our smaller guys going inside, not a lot of help and scoring. And we made the adjustments there. So I'm not really worried about it, but it's just another thing to look out for. That that was kind of the, the negative that I saw. Yeah. Got to get chewy up and going. That's right. Yeah. And that, that's a good point to bring up, especially because there are elite, elite big men in the big 12. Oh yeah. As a bookie, Derek Culver at West Virginia, Asabuke is going to be a nightmare matchup for us, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, they're going to be switching a lot. I mean, they're definitely going to throw Holyfield on him, but they're going to have to have, you know, the long guys, the Clarks and the Shannons coming over for help trying to do something. But he's going to, yeah, he's going to be an absolute nightmare. Watch Avery Benson shut him down. Honestly, I wouldn't <laughs> just, be that surprised. Just, just wait for Jesus Christ himself out on that I mean, court. You want to hear the craziest, the craziest thing? Mm. Avery Benson, if you look at, like, Tech's 
like offensive and defensive like rating shit for per player. Avery Benson has the best offensive rating on the team. <laughs> he has the Unreal. lowest the lowest possession like uh, usage rate. But when he gets the ball, he just does good things. He has an yeah. unreal offensive rating, but he only gets used on 7% of possessions. He, he, if he ever gets lined up for a three, it's going in. Because he knows it's the only one he's going to be able to take. Dude, let's talk about Holyfield from downtown. Uh, yeah. That guy had his shot dialed in that game. And that if you can have your big man stretch you out deep, I mean, that is a whole new ball game. Yeah, I mean, he's really found his stroke. Uh, we re- He really showed improvement, like we were talking about in the last episode, uh, Evan, against Cal State, Bakersfield. Um, and, and I think earlier in the season, he might have, you know, I think he just got a little uncomfortable maybe playing with the team. And then, you know, the announcers and what we saw in earlier out-of-conference games was looking like he was stroking the ball. I mean, he really was – he wasn't really stroking the ball. He was just kind of like pushing it up to the basket. Not a lot of confidence, right. but right. I think he got a lot of more confidence as we played our later out-of-conference schedule. And, yeah, I mean, he start, he's starting to shine on this offense. So, Yeah, all good points. Um, I think that, you know, we're going to need to have all of those positives that we just mentioned uh, in full swing moving moving forward to tomorrow night against Baylor. Um, we got a we got a top four team coming to the U.S. the USA uh, arena and and man it's gonna be a showdown. Um, we're gonna have to play an excellent game on both sides of the ball, no question. Baylor is a talented, talented team. Scott Drew has his team ready to play. We've seen it throughout the course of the year, but um, I'll tell you, if Tech plays like we did against Oklahoma State, there's not there's not a team in the country that can beat us. So. Um, what are you guys? What are you guys looking forward to as far as uh, some of the some of the matchups or, or some of the keys to the game, if you will, tomorrow? Uh, what, one thing I'd like to point out, and I think it makes a huge difference, is the fact that this is a home game. We've oh, talked about huge. how Chris Beard is. You know, today we talked about how he's the conductor. You know, mm-hmm. he gets the USA going. But on top of that, Tech has not lost a home game, uh, and. Oklahoma, I mean, uh, Baylor hasn't really played an away game. Their only away game was at Coastal Carolina, which doesn't even fucking count. And, you know, they haven't been tested on the road. And, you know, it's not an easy place to play. So I think us having the home court for this game this early in the season is going to be a massive advantage in this game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's huge. Tech has one of the best uh, home court advantages in all of college basketball. Uh, I think we're like top top seven. I think we're seventh. Um, for me, the biggest key of the game is, you know, Baylor's a pretty top-heavy team. They have two unbelievable stars with Jared Butler and Teague. Uh, Chris Beard is great at shutting down stars, man. So, I mean, if we shut down Jared Butler, he, you know, he's used on, what, over 25% of all uh, scoring possessions and uh, attributes for, you know, most of their points, Baylor's points. So if we can shut him down and focus the ball on some other lower shot makers, we got a good shot. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go with another player too. Uh, Freddie Gillespie. We, we've, we've played against him. One of their big guys uh, for years now. Uh, he's a consistent player, a threat in the post, an excellent defender. Um, I think that, Shutting him down is going to be key as well. Um, but even though they, 
I, I might disagree with you a little bit, Chris. I don't. I, I think they're their best players, but they don't have, in my opinion, a true star like some of the other Big Twelve teams do. And, and the reason why I say that is because they have really balanced scoring on their offensive attack. And that's a that's a scary thing because that means that everyone on the on the floor for the Red Raiders has got to be really, really locked in from defense. So, um, you know, I, I think, of course, we, we've seen offensive struggles for the Red Raiders. Uh, it's going to be key that we find our shot, but even more so we got to play complete team defense like we saw in the second half against Oklahoma State. Yeah, but I think a, a thing that is kind of good for Tech, uh, or could be, is the matchups with the size-wise. Because like you said, the scoring might be spread out, but Butler and Teague are probably their best two. And Baylor's starting five. You know, they have four guys, 6'3 and under, that they start. And then they have Gillespie, who's 6'9". And, you know, Tech, like we've talked about, doesn't have that one big man. But they're at least longer than that and bigger than that. And, you know, but we have the guard speed to play on the outside. And Baylor likes to shoot the three. 38% of their shots are coming from three point this uh, this year. So we have to be able to play tough perimeter D. And I think we have the speed to do it. I'm just glad we don't have to deal with, oh, what was his name? He was a small white guy that was a senior. He was there forever. Ha- Haslip. Ha- Haslip. Remember him for Baylor that was just unconscious, automatic from deep. Thankfully, we're not dealing with him this year, but um, there's definitely some scorers on that team that we got to be conscious of, no question. Um, but again, uh, I, I think that momentum is huge because Texas Tech is coming off of, uh, some listeners may not know, our margin of victory against Oklahoma State was the largest victory Texas Tech has ever had against a Big 12 team, ever. Really? Huh. Not under Chris Beard. Uh, Texas Tech in general. No that's way. Wild. And so that Big is that's, that is a confidence booster, uh, extraordinaire. You know, I mean, like we're coming in, we're feeling hot, and and I don't think that Chris Beard is the type of coach that will let his team get a big head. You know, he no. he consistently says, you know, we're not going to get too high, we're not going to get too low. You know, he's going to have them locked in. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup. This would be a huge win. For Texas Tech early in conference play. Um, Chris you know, Beard loves conference play. He sure does. He sure does. He lives for conference play. Oh, I'm jazzed up. I'm jazzed up too, man. I, I wish it was tomorrow. But, but I really think uh, all we can, we really have to be careful with the three ball. I mean, Tech has been a little susceptible to it this year. Baylor's going to shoot it, and I don't think they can score down low on them. So if we can play perimeter defense, that is the key to the game to me. Yeah. What else? What other teams in the Big Twelve have impressed you so far? Kansas, hands down. I think that Kansas has looked very, very good. You know, we saw Yudoko Azubuike out last year with an injury, and he looks every bit of a leader of that team. Uh, they had an impressive win against West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia stuck right there with them at, in Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas, but um, I, I think that between him and, and some of their other Garrett and, and some of their other playmakers that Kansas looks like the real deal again this year under the leadership of Bill Self. You and know, you can't forget about their best player, probably Devin Dotson. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he's unbelievable. He's ranked yep. right now. Ken Palm has him as the third best player in the country. Yep. I mean, Dotson has been unbelievable yep. all year for the second year in a row. Yep. Uh, I mean, 
guys scored at least double digits every single game they've played, and he didn't even play like that many minutes in their blowouts. He's he is good. Evan, I'm gonna say one thing. I I would be shocked if Azubuke lasted this entire season without injury. Right. Uh, he even was injured in that West Virginia game. There, I mean, he's just such a big guy, and this league is so tough, and he's susceptible to injury. I just doubt that he makes it all the way through. I don't True. know, man. I, I, if he gets an injury, I don't think he'll be. I doubt he'll have two season enders in a row. If he has two season enders in a row, then you got to start thinking about is his career going to like be over? I'm not saying I'm not saying season ending. I'm just saying he's going to be. I think he's out for periods of time during the season. I mean, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a real possibility. I, I, you know, I, I certainly hope not for his sake and, and just for uh, the sport of basketball. Um, but another team that has really impressed me uh, that I just mentioned was is West Virginia. Um, they got you know, a big they, game tonight. They, they finished towards the very end of the Big 12 last year, and they have come back on fire. Bob Huggins has his squad ready to play night in and night out. You know, they have some key returners and Jermaine Haley – and uh, Derek Culver, and then their f- true freshman, Oscar Chibwe, their yeah. big man, looks awesome. And he's going to be another. He's going to be another matchup problem for Texas Tech. Not that we can't handle it, but he's going to. I have to believe that he'll be kind of towards the the top of our scouting report for that game. Yeah, those games I mean, rather. They got uh once again. Ken Palm has Oscar as the fourth best player in the Big Twelve. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they got, but um, no, I have to agree with you. West Virginia looking great, and it begs the question: Is Press Virginia back? Yeah, they, they, are. they sure they sure they're, look like they're, it this year, they're man. back, man. They are looking good, and I mean, it's not just the West Virginias, Kansas, Baylor, Tech. I mean, other teams have looked good as well. I mean, I know Oklahoma State's nine and four, but they're they've good. been pretty good. They're uh, good. TCU's yeah. looked pretty good. I mean, it's a strong conference. I know, Chris, you've said all year how strong this conference is, and the stats prove it. Now they're ranked the number two conference in the country behind yeah. the Big Ten. Oklahoma's looked great this year, too. Does it go to say that we're going to see seven teams from the Big 12 in the tournament this year? I think that's easy. Easy money. Oh. I would bet right now that we see seven teams in the tournament. Seven is seven, a lot 70 of percent of the league is going to go to March Madness, Evan? I can't. I personally believe so. Well, well we what, got, did, what what was it last year? Was it six? Uh, I believe I believe it was six. Yeah, I think that the Big Twelve is even deeper this year. I would. I, I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that seven uh, is a possibility. The only yeah, last two, year last year it was six with Texas being on the bubble and not getting in. The only two that I could see not getting in right now is Iowa State and Kansas State. They just right. don't have, they don't have the record, and I, I just don't think they have the talent this year. Um, but West Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas. Only one of those teams, Oklahoma State, is not a ten win team. Right. But There's you gotta remember, uh, these teams are gonna get beat up in the Big Twelve. There's good conference play is tough. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, I mean, pretty much every team has had some season defining wins so far yep man i think that this is uh this is the deepest the big 12 has been in in any stretch that i can remember truly i don't remember there being this many 
solid teams that have a chance to compete for a Big 12 championship than this year. I think I mean, that they are very deep. Absolutely. I mean, you got two teams right now in the top four. Not only are they deep, but they're deep and have highly ranked teams. Yeah, that's two right. Two teams in the top four, and then Tech obviously coming in at 22 right now, but we know that's a low ranking just because of that little midseason skid with, uh, you know, Ramsey out and, I don't know, just a couple things going wrong. We know right. they're going to be end up as a top 10 team most likely if they can play well in the conference. Then you got West Virginia. I mean, those four are locks. So it's just who's going to make it besides those four. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point, Ryan. And I but think damn. Kansas, I mean, I'm sorry, I think Texas is on the bubble once again. Oklahoma is going to be on the bubble. Oklahoma State's going to be on the bubble. It's just going to see, yeah, like you said, Ryan, they we eat at each other in this conference. Yeah, so, I mean, those top four teams, the Kansas, Baylor, Tech, and West Virginia, you got to think on the, the TCUs and Texases, they're going to beat up on those. Those teams could get seven losses playing each of those teams twice. Texas is good. And Texas is good at home too. So yeah, fuck yeah. Texas. <laughs> well, you guys got anything else on the basketball side? I mean, that's, that's the only about side it for that me. I care about right now. That's right. That well, and gonna... the meat judging. That's right. Well, listen here. It's an 18 round fight, as Chris Beard has already pointed out. Round one goes to the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Let's get it done in round two. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I want to see at least every home game won. I would love that. Protecting home oh, no. court is crew. I want to Crucial. see 75% of games won in the Big 12 this year. Hey, I said at least, brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Back-to-back, Baylor and West Virginia in one week. That's going to be a hell of a week. If we come out 2-0 and from this week, ooh-wee. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready for it. I'm yeah. here for it, boys. So uh, cool. I guess tune in next week to see if uh, Texas Tech wins these next two games and uh, to see if Ryan's going to stick around oh, for another is. episode. Oh, I was hoping you were going to say uh, And also, if you want to tune into my new podcast, <laughs> it's the Fuck Chris Show. <laughs> Available on all platforms. <laughs> oh, but I think that just about wraps us up. So I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And I'm Evan. And this has been the Raider Power Podcast. Guns up, fellas. Guns up. Guns up, baby!